Hey guys, Radiate Church would love to invite you to join us in our first ever You Matter kickoff party on October 28th from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Lugolf Elgin High School Football Stadium. It's going to be a blast for the whole community and the entire county to come together and enjoy some fun. We'll have live music, live service, bounce houses, food trucks, and so much more that'll be there just for you. You can go to radiatechurch.net for more information and we can't wait to see you there. Now enjoy this message from our You Matter series. your neighbor real quick and just say these words just look at him and go you matter come on come on everybody do it look at him again say you matter look at your other neighbor and tell him this you matter too you matter too you matter too I know the the offering basket the tithe basket's coming around and and I, I appreciate our ushers working so hard I transitioned that a little quicker than I should have but that's what happens when you're the pastor you can do what you want you know what I'm saying that was supposed to be funny John chapter 18, you can turn enter on your Bibles to John chapter 18 to everyone that is watching online today. We are so grateful to have you online. We Guys, I think we need to celebrate our online viewers. We have several thousand to watch every single week, right, online, through Facebook, our app, and our website. Thank you for joining us online today. We're so excited to have you today. So I want to let you know about something real quick as you're turning to John chapter 18 as we're going to hang out there and for week one of You Matter. I want to let you know about something coming up. How many ladies we got in the house? Make some noise. Come on. I said this in the first service. You guys are great because if I tell y'all to make noise, you make noise. When I tell the men to make noise, they're like, uh, uh. all you hear is a grunt. Just like, uh. like it's so hard to raise my hand above my head. It's just insane, you know. I can't lift my voice unless I'm yelling at my football team who can't hear me through the TV anyway. You know what I'm saying? No, all the ladies in the house. One more time, ladies. Okay, all right, okay, all right. I saw some men cheering there. We'll pray for you later. Um, we, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not really. Um, so this Saturday, we got something just for the ladies. Beautifully Broken Conference 2018. It's not 19, 18. Uh, coming up, it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, I think there's about 200 people signed up, 200 ladies signed up for that event uh, coming up this Saturday. Uh, my wife is bringing a word. Her team has been working diligently to make this happen with excellence and and just with anointing, and it's going to be so good. I'm so excited about it. Uh, she's bringing a word that is beyond belief. Uh, she's been sharing it with me, and I just told she told me she said you preach for a living. I don't know how you do it. First and foremost, she was like, but hear me out and give me some uh, some some tips. And so when I heard her I just looked at her I was like I don't think you need me to give you any tips I think you need to give me some and uh, she is so good and so excited about what's happening so ladies I want you to know something your pastor and your leaders are praying for you as you attend this Saturday I think I believe this I believe it's going to start a fire this starts a revolution in your homes in our community and in this church come on somebody you know what I'm saying y'all better begin with some belief in the house so it radiates we say this phrase a lot, right? We say, you matter. We have cards with you matter on them. Uh, random acts of kindness, we say, you matter. And, and, and here's the point of this series. For the next few weeks, I want you to walk away with an understanding of what that phrase means. Because sometimes we can believe in a phrase, but we don't understand what the phrase means. Like, we can go, okay, that's the, for me, but then we don't walk it out. I was talking to somebody that went to a leadership conference this week, and he was telling me, he was like, man, it was just so overwhelming. There's so many things I want to do and, and all this stuff. And he said, if I have any ideas or questions, can I bounce them off of you? I was like, absolutely. It's a guy that I, I kind of pour into and, and, and spend time with. And I told him this. I said, here's the greatest thing you can do is you can take what you've learned and, and, and walk it out, though. And he goes, well, what does that mean? I said, because it means nothing if you hear something but knew nothing about it. 
Can I tell you something? Can I tell you that today you can sit in a message, you can hear the word of God, I can preach the best message I've ever preached, and God could instill something on your heart, but if you don't walk out of here and walk it out, then it means nothing to you. <laughs> I know, y'all are like, wait a second, hold on. Because I want us to understand what you matter means because I want us to walk it out. I want us to go and not only know that we matter, but know that they matter, and they matter because we matter, and we matter to him. And everybody matters. And, and so I want to kind of break this thing down because our vision here at Radiate is introducing people to the life God intends. And if I could put a comma with something else on the end of it, it would be for them. Because our job is not to place our expectations on somebody else and let that be the life God intends. Our job is to support them, empower them, and equip them so that God can do something through them, not what we think they ought to do. You know what I'm saying? You ever had anybody do that? I have. Hey, this is what you ought to do. Really? I didn't know your name was God. I thought I listened to him. And, and so our job is to equip and inspire. You know how you can know what somebody feels like God wants them to do because that's what they'll do? And here's why I say that. Because they can have an internal push to do something. You can tell if somebody wants to, tr wants to follow what God's saying to them or, or their own. And here's how. Because if you're following God and you're helping support and empower and encourage them to do what they need to do and they refuse to take that direction then they're just deciding, hey, I don't really care what you have to say. I'm going to go do what I want to do anyway. That's why as a leader, I have to be careful who I pour into sometimes. Because if you don't care and you ain't going to listen to what I say, then why am I going to keep pouring my best stuff out? Doesn't the Bible say don't cast your pearl before swine? Why would I cast my most valuable stuff upon people that don't care? Y'all ain't with me today. Y'all like, where are you going? I don't know. I'm just going, okay? And so we're going to talk about that they matter. I want people to walk away from us and know two things. I want people to walk away from us and know that they matter from God. I want people to walk away from Sunday mornings and interactions with me and with you individually and know that they matter to God. No matter where they are, no matter what they do, but they matter to God. Because here's the thing. Most people don't think they matter to God simply because they don't matter to themselves. And they don't think they matter to God because of what they've been through in their life. Because of what they've done in their life. Because of what's happened in their life. Because I did this and I did that. And last night this. And I did this this morning. I messed up and I thought this. And I looked at this. And I handled this. And I this and that. And all these things happen. And so we come to a realization that because I've done all that, I don't matter to God. Can I tell you something today? You matter to God. You matter to God. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you've been through. I don't even care what you've done. And it's not a, a, like I'm, a, I'm heartless and I don't care because I don't care. I don't care because it doesn't matter. Because you still matter to God. You still matter to Him and he's not, he's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's not wishing that you would leave Him alone and walk away. He's wishing that we would pick up the value that He's put before us and not be the swine that just want to eat it, but we're the ones that value what He's put before us. He's wishing that we would just come into relationship with Him. He's not that God. You matter to God. I want you to understand that today, and, and I want that to set the tone for where we are. But not only do you matter to God, you matter to me, and you matter to us. And here's what I know. Here's one of the hardest things that I've had to come into realization of is that the more this church grows, can I tell you something? That your pastor can't be at everything. And I want you to know you matter to me. You matter to me. Your kids matter to me, your wife matters to me, your husband matters to me, your, your lost in-laws matter to me. The in-laws that you don't even like, <laughs> they matter to me.
Because here's what I know. Watch, watch. It can feel like that you don't matter to me because the bigger we get, the less I can do. Because I can't be at the hospital every time somebody goes to the hospital. And I can't be a phone call away from over 500 people. And I can't be at every life group. And and it used to be, listen, growing up in this area, in this county, for me even, I grew up here. I went to church here. I learned here. I went to school here. I know what it's like. And growing up, it can be that the pastor did it all. Right? Anybody from that? That church, right? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm from that. One of the greatest impacts in my life was Pastor George Cashwell. And he pastored in this county and in this town for I don't know how long. And he did, like he was Superman to me. Until he died, he was visiting people. Right? But here's the thing. Like there comes a point in life to where when things grow, you have to understand I can't be everywhere all the time. And so I can't just minister to people. I have to minister through people a lot of times. I can't be at every life group. I can't be at every prayer meeting. It used to be back in the day, the preacher would preach on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then he'd be at prayer meeting on Monday night, and worship practice on Thursday night, and he'd do all those things. And can I just tell you, I can't do that. I can't do that. First of all, I'm not smart enough to come up with five different messages in one week. You know what I'm saying? I've done it. I've been there. I've I've worked that whole that, that whole schedule of things. But here's what I'm telling you. The reason I'm telling you that is because I want you to still know that even the bigger we get and the more leaders get involved and the more Pastor Travis has to do things from my level and our coaches and our leadership and all those guys have to, and everybody's working through teams and I may not show up to the hospital. Maybe your team leader that is the coach of the team that you serve shows up or calls you or texts you and congratulates you and all these things. And it's not the pastor. Don't get offended because you still matter to me. That's the truth. You still matter to me because the coaches are going, hey, pastor, this is what's going on, and this person's got that, and this person's got I promise you I hurt with you, but I celebrate with you. And what I know is, is, it, is it's a crazy burden that the pastors carry. It really is. And I'm not trying to build myself up. What I'm saying is, is here's what I know. I can get on Facebook, and I can hurt with you, and you never even know it. I care, Listen, I promise you, I carry your hurts to bed with me. Like, I'm not even kidding you. I, have, I will cry in my bedroom over some of you guys because of the pain and the hurt and the baggage you carry. And some of it's not because of what they've done to you. Some of it's because you won't let it go and you're doing it right back to them. That's the heart of a pastor. And so I want you to know something that though we grow and though things change and though leadership shifts and organizational charts get more spread out and all those things and all that's going to happen because if you think this is where we're going to stay you're crazy we got thousands of people waiting on us we got eternity in the balance for this county we're going somewhere this is the start of it but as all those things change can I tell you something you're still always going to matter to me you're always going to, you may find me in Food Lion one day and talk to me and I may have to ask you, hey, I've seen your face, but what's your name? You still matter. Because we're in the same body of Christ because we love one another. And because we matter and because you matter and because everybody matters, here's the deal. We will do anything that it takes to reach as many people as absolutely possible here in Kershaw County. You should get way more excited for that, so I'm going to say it again so that you can go, all right, caffeine, kick in right now because you should be excited. I said because people matter, we will do anything that we have to do no matter what it takes to reach people for the kingdom of God through Radiate Church. 
I'm telling you, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care what it takes. Throwing a big, huge party at the football stadium one Sunday, then let's do that like it's happening on October 28th, uh, 2018 from 5 to 7 p.m. Doesn't matter. I can't look at people and tell them, John, you matter to me, but I won't ever even invite you to be a part of a church that I found community at. I can't look at people and tell them, you matter to me, but I won't even tell you about the Jesus that showed me that I matter. If, I'm, if you matter to me, if people matter, then we invite them to church and we invite them to Jesus. That's just the way it is. And we're going to look at that in John chapter, chapter 18. I, I want to look at a, a familiar story in the beginning. If you have been in church long, you've heard this and preached. And if not, it's fine. It's going to come on the screen. But verses 25 through 27. You ready to hear the word in the house today? Let's go. 18, 25 through 27 said this. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? This is after Jesus was arrested. And he denied it and said, I am not. And one of the slaves, get this, get this. This is an eyewitness right here. One of the slaves of the high priest being a relative of the one whose, Peter, whose ear Peter cut off. Peter cut off a man's ear and his relative was there. And he goes, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter then denied it again and immediately a rooster crowed. Now, if you know the background of the story, Jesus predicted this at the Last Supper, and he looked at Peter, and he said, hey, here's the deal, man. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter's like, no, I'm not. I love you way too much. You don't understand, Jesus, and all this stuff. And while he's standing over a fire, he's standing there. He's warming himself. He's cold, apparently, and he's standing over a fire. He smells the wood burning. He's all this, right? And he's in this thing, and his boys are around. And one of the guys that was in the garden with him looked at him and said, didn't I see you in the garden? And he's like, no, you didn't see me in the garden. He's like, I'm pretty sure I saw you in the garden. And he denies them three times, and the rooster crows. And when the rooster's crow pierces his ear, I can only imagine that the conviction of denying Jesus pierced his soul. Yeah. Yeah. And he's standing there. I want you to hear this now. And he's standing there, and he's warming himself. And here's the thing that one of the things I picked up on in the first part of this story is the fact that Peter was already uncomfortable. He was, you don't stand over a fire to warm yourself if you're warm. You stand over a fire to warm yourself because you're cold and you're uncomfortable and you need to get comfortable, which means you need to warm up. You ever done that? Fall's coming. You're about to start up your fire pits, right? And you're going to stand over them. You're going to do this number. At the house, I turn my heat way down in the winter and I use my fireplace more than anything. And I'll back up to You ever been so cold in your house? You're just like, oh my gosh, you're walking around in a hoodie and sweatpants. Your kids are like, dad, will you please? And they got uh, snot sickles hanging out of their nose. I'm like, no, heck no. We ain't doing that. I'm saving money, praise God. It's called stewardship, son. You'll learn. But I'll back up to my fireplace. If this is my fireplace, I'll put my hands behind my back and I'll stand right there in front of the fire and, uh, and hope and pray that my butt doesn't catch on fire while I'm standing there because I'm standing so close because I'm trying to warm up. Y'all like, he said butt. Yes, I did. <laughs> trying to warm up, trying to get comfortable, right? And here's what I pictured in that. I pictured Peter standing there, and, I, and I'm, I think back in that moment to the Last Supper when Jesus was sitting next to Peter, and he said, this is what you're going to do. And Peter knew that Jesus was sitting there, and he said, no, I love you way too much. But when the moment came when Jesus wasn't sitting there anymore, and he felt distance from Jesus, and they gave him an opportunity to embrace him, he was in a place to where if he accepted Jesus, they probably would have ended his life. Or he could deny him and save his life. And so he's standing there, and he's, he's warming up, and in the moment, he's like, no, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. And in his heart, he's like, yeah, I knew him, I walked with him for three years. 
And then he says, wait, didn't I see you in the garden? No, I wasn't in the garden. It wasn't me in the garden. It was somebody else. It was my twin brother in the, in the garden. Listen, the moments we're the most uncomfortable in life are often the moments the enemy gives us the greatest opportunity to deny the presence of Jesus. And it's, listen to me, it's not abnormal to deny him. It's abnormal to camp out at the fire of denial. Listen, here's what I say. Some of us will deny Jesus and never even know that we did it. We deny him with our words, with our actions, our reactions, with our giving, with our generosity, with our heart. And so we look at Jesus and we're like, and here's what some of us do. We'll claim Jesus when we feel like he's around us. But the moment we feel like we're not in his presence anymore. I'll claim Jesus on Sunday morning because the band is rocking. Elliot's leading. Chris is leading. Travis is jumping. Doug's beating on the drums like a madman back there going crazy. You know what I'm saying? John's up here staring at a shadow while he plays the electric guitar. He's doing all these things. All this stuff's going. I got people around me, hands going up, pastors jumping like he's got too much caffeine because he's got an IV of Red Bull in the back. You know what I'm saying? Like he's jumping. They're going crazy. He's clapping off beat. It's awesome. I got people around me. I feel Jesus standing next to me. Jesus, I will never deny you. Jesus, it'll never get that tough. And then the moment we don't feel him on Monday morning and our boss jumped down our throat because we didn't meet a deadline. Or the moment we get home and our spouse that didn't even go to church with us wants to look at us and ask us what we've been doing. The moment our kids want to be disrespectful and dishonoring to us, we're like, Jesus, I don't know you right now. Get out my face. <laughs> and in the back of our head, we're like, I shouldn't have this attitude. That's not a Jesus attitude, you know. But in the moment, we're like, no, I'm going to have this attitude. <laughs> and can I tell you something? Listen, that's not us. That's, that's not Jesus denying us. That's us denying Jesus of the opportunity to change us. And we stand in a place of being uncomfortable because there's moments where you get pushed against a wall and your fight or flight kicks in. And so you just, I don't know him. I don't know him. Can I, can I tell you something today? Maybe that's you. And you're in a place where you go, I've been denying him all over social media. Because I'll share about Radiate on Sundays. But I'll air everybody else's business Monday through Saturday. I'll talk about you matter and you belong here on Sunday afternoons when I feel like Jesus is standing here. But I'll tell you how terrible you are and how you don't matter and how you don't belong every other day of the week when I don't feel like he's standing here. When I'm in the midst of pain, in the midst of hurt, can I tell you something? Sometimes you'll go through seasons, months of time to where you feel like the voice of God is distant. But that doesn't mean that we deny him. That means we lean in a little bit closer and go, come on, come on. God. I, I just need to hear a little whisper. Come on, God. I just need a little bit more. I got to lean in. I got to walk up when I can't hear my son talking. You know what I do? Hey, buddy, come here a little bit. Hey, hey, come here. What are you saying? In my good ear, son, right here. I got a busted eardrum in this one. I can't hear what, what you're saying. But when we can't hear God, we don't want to lean in. We want to lean out and just go, hey, God. I don't, I don't know about this whole thing. I'm, and we deny him over the fire. And, and, and it's a hard thing to do because the idea of turmoil and humiliation and death overcame Peter in the moment. And it does us. Well, what, what, if, I, what if I claim acceptance to Jesus in front of my boss? Like, what's he going to say? What's more important, a paycheck or eternity? 
I, I can't, yeah. It's okay to clap in here, guys. It's okay to clap. It's okay to stand. It's okay to amen. It's okay to shout. That's all right around here. I'm just telling you. Well, what would happen in this friendship if I looked at him and said, hey, I know uh, that this isn't normal, but I'm asking for your forgiveness because that's what Jesus would ask me to do because I realized that I hurt you and I didn't mean to, so can we talk this out? What would happen if we did that? Well, they may not like that. I don't, it, it, what's more important, them approving or eternity? Is it more important to give forgiveness or to hold on to bitterness? And it's only a decision we can make. And often standing over the fire of being uncomfortable, we can act in the act of denial of the presence of Jesus that's actually there. Let me flip over to chapter 21 for you real quick because this is actually not a very complicated message today. And, and, and I'm going to move through this. But in, in verses 15 through 17, there's a, a transaction and a conversation between Jesus and Peter again that take place. And, and it's taking place whenever Jesus is gone and he's died and he's, he's been buried again. And, and the disciples are out in the boat. And, and, and as they're in the boat, they went back. And here's what the boat means. The boat means that they went back to their trade. That means that they went back to what they were doing before he called them off the boat the first time. Three years prior, he called them off of the boat when they were fishing and said, Hey, you come follow me. He leaves. He's no longer beside them physically, and they go right back to the boat. How many times has he called us out of a lifestyle, but the moment that it gets hard and we don't feel he's standing right next to us, we go right back to the same lifestyle, and he's got to come right back to us all over again. And we don't know why we're in this cycle, and the cycle is because he's trying to build faith in us that no matter what we feel, he's still God. No matter what we're going through, he's still God. It doesn't matter if we feel him standing next to us physically, we're still going to walk with him because he looked at him and he told him this. He said, look, you're my disciples, and you're going to do greater things. It's better for me to leave you than to stay with you because you're going to do greater things he didn't say you I'll be with you every step of the way and you only follow me then he said when I leave you you carry it on but they didn't carry it on they went back to the boats to the very thing that they were doing before he called them in the first place three and a half years earlier and so Jesus is on the shore they're in the boat and they're not catching any fish and this man from the shore follow me he goes hey cast your net on the other side and so they take the nets and they put them on the other side. And my translation of the Bible says it like this. I love it so much. It says that they caught so many fish that as they were bringing it up, their nets were busting, but they were not breaking. You may feel like you're busting today. You may feel like you got too much in your life, in your spirit. You may feel like you're being busted. But can I tell you, if Jesus is in the middle of it, you will not break. You will only expand. You will not break. You will not go under. He will just make us better. We feel like we're busting. God, I can't take it. God's going, yes, you can. I'm taking you to a new level today. I'm taking you somewhere else. I got to expand your net to get more in. But I won't let you break. I'll give you what you can handle, but I'll take you past your current capacity. Because if I don't, if I don't bust you at the seams, you can't handle what's coming. Are you with me today? That's a word. But then he, he says this, and this is what happens. Listen, this is what happens. I love it. 15 through 17. So when they had finished breakfast, they go over. Jesus is standing over a fire, and he's cooking them breakfast. You know that was the best breakfast anybody ever had. He's cooking a breakfast, and it says this. <laughs> Peter was so excited to see Jesus, he jumped out of the boat and swam to him. 
to see them embracing, hugging, loving each other. I missed you, all this stuff, like a long-lost friend, a family member. And then I can just see, I can feel that in the moment, Jesus already knew, but I can just feel in the moment that Peter going, the last time I knew of you physically, I smelled the same smell I smell from the fire that's going now. Same charcoal. And I denied you. And now you're here cooking me breakfast? And 15 through 17 says this is a conversation that takes place, transaction that takes place between Peter and Jesus. And so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? In other words, you denied me in front of so many friends last time. Do you love me more than the friends now? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, shepherd my sheep. In verse 17, and you see a little frustration come over Peter in this moment, in this conversation. Because how many of you know that sometimes you go through things that you don't know why it's being done. And so you get a little frustrated because you don't know the ulterior motive. But Jesus does. And he said, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time. He'd already t- in other words, he was upset because he had already told him twice. He said, because he, he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend, tend my sheep. What was Peter doing when he denied Jesus? Standing over a what? What was Jesus bringing Peter back to? To stand over a what? How many times did Peter deny Jesus? How many times did he now get the opportunity to accept Jesus? Listen to me. Here's what I want you to understand today. They weren't in the physical spot where where Peter denied Jesus. But he brought him back to a semblance of where he was. To look at Peter and go, I remember where you were when you denied me. And it all happened. I remember what was going on. But I'm bringing you right back to what you were standing over in the first place. To bring you to a place of redemption. And a place of acceptance. Here's the thing. Listen. You know what repentance is? Turning away from something. But to turn away from it, I first have to face it. He looked at Peter. He said, you got to face where you were when you denied me in the first place. You got to stand over the fire with me. You got to let me feed you. You got to, I believe this, listen. He was standing over the fire to warm himself the first time. Now he's standing over the fire to feed himself. When Jesus brings you back, he will feed you, not just warm you. He'll fill your spirit. He'll fill your heart. He brought him back to it. And then he looked at him and said, for every time you denied me, I'll give you an opportunity to accept me. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. And I can see Peter just going, man, why are you asking me this so many times? And Jesus is sitting there going, because you denied me this many times. And i got to override the denial. Because you matter. You matter. I, it doesn't matter. And I can imagine. Stick with me for just a moment. 
Can you imagine what it was like when Peter showed up and the smell of the charcoal and the burning wood hit his nostrils? You ever been in a place to where maybe you go or you see pictures from somewhere you used to go or things you used to do or people you used to hang out with and do not good things with? And in that moment when you automatically go back to where you were in that moment and you have these, these, these replays of what happened in your life and all these things. Like I can look at a pacemaker right now and I could take you detail by detail what it was like when I was sitting in ICU and they had to tell me that I would have a pacemaker the rest of my life and they would have to do surgery on me I don't think about it all the time but whenever I see certain things it just takes me back you with me I can just imagine Peter smelling the charcoal in the fire and going oh, I, I, denied, I denied him almost like those moments when you see the alcohol and you go back. And you see the person that hurt you. And the band-aids torn off. And you step back in church. After the last church did what they did. And it hurts. And your husband says what he says. Or your wife does what she does. And it, it hurt. You know what I'm saying? It takes you takes you back but can I tell you sometimes if we don't stop and smell the charcoal we can't walk away back into a place to where Jesus is feeding us again we gotta we gotta face the moment of where we were before we can turn our back on it and walk away and here's the thing I love this part and I'm ending with this I love this part where Jesus looks at him and after every acceptance Peter had he looked at him and gave him a responsibility listen to me one of the greatest lies that we can ever believe as the church and followers of Jesus is this. That the moment we come to Jesus, our responsibility is now over. It is not. It is just beginning. He looked at him and said, you have denied me, but you're back in relationship with me. Here's the truth of the matter. If you're in relationship with me, I need you to feed my lambs. I need you to tend my sheep. That means I need you to not just sit at the fire with me. I need you to let me feed you. I need you to let me warm you. I need you to let let me teach you, but I need you to go bring some people back to the fire that I've met you at. I need you to go bring some people back. Then here's what Jesus, listen to the, I love it. Get excited and just scream. Where did he meet him? In the sea. What were they doing? Fishing. What they were doing Three years prior, when Jesus called them out the first time, and they went back. Now get this. He met them back at the very place they were at the first time. Do you know why? They mattered. Here's what I know. I can see it all over some faces. Some of you, have been called out of something prior. But the moment it didn't feel like Jesus was beside you, you went back to the boat. And I need to tell you, Jesus loves you where you are and will meet you where you are. But He loves you too much to leave you there. When he said, tend my sheep and feed my lambs, here's what he was saying. A lot of people go, well, that's the pastor's job. No, it's not your. When we come into relationship with Jesus, can I tell you something? That's not my job. That's our job. Yes, sir. All right. 
when he said that, he basically looked down and said, put down the nets, sell the boat, stop buying the night crawlers, put down the Abu Garcia broads, get rid of the trolling motor you just got, get rid of the trailer, get rid of the truck, all that stuff. Because I don't need you fishing for fish. I need you going to get people. I need you going to feed sheep to tend land. I need you loving people, not sitting in the middle of an ocean. Love you. There's people that need to be around the fire with you because they matter. And they will always matter. They matter in Kershaw County. They matter in the next county, there's a Radiate Church. They matter in the next town, there's a Radiate Church. They matter online. Whoever's watching online, it's easy to go, I'm not good enough. I'm not there. You matter. You matter. We got to get to this place. Listen, to where you matter isn't a phrase. It's a life. And I live under the grace of Jesus every single day. Can you bow your heads with me today? Whatever you've done that has made you seemingly deny Him has never made Him deny you. And today, I believe He's standing on the shore as we live our life. And He's begging us to jump in the water and swim to Him. And so I just want to ask something today. How many of you out there would say this? You know what? I need, to, I, need, I need to sit around the fire with Jesus. I need to give Him my life. I need to submit it back. Maybe it's back. Maybe He called you out of it one time and you just went right back. And today it's a declaration of submission back to Him again. Or maybe you've never prayed the prayer. And today you're like, you know what? That's a Jesus that loves me where I am and I know that I matter. And today I want to give Him my life everything I am. If that's you, would you just hold your hand really high up in the air as an act of submission to say to God, because I want to pray over you. Don't wait on anybody else. This is you. This is your moment of jumping out of the boat. Amen. There's there's one. Anybody else? Come on. You're going to feel a, a, a clipboard come into somebody's hand today, into your hand today, to give you some information. You're going to feel a clipboard. Take that. Because we want to walk this out together. Just hold it up. Anybody else? Let's pray this together as a family. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Keep your hand held up so that, I, so that we can give you what you need. If, your hand, if you've not gotten your clipboard, keep your hand held up as you pray this. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I lay it at the cross. Take me further. I give you my past, my present, and my future. I desire to live with you. I need you. I can't do this without you. Thank you. Come on. Thank you that who I was is dead. But who I'm going to be is coming to life. I love you, Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, right now I come before you. 
And I pray that over this congregation, over every single person that's here, God, I pray that in this moment that we would walk out of here and know that we matter. We matter to you. We matter to each other. And God, that this would be a declaration and a revelation in our lives that would change everything about the way we live and the way we love. God, I pray that there's some people in here that feel like they're busting. But God, I pray that would be a word that would sustain them that they may be busting, but they're not breaking. And God, I honor you and I praise you for what you're doing. And if you believe Jesus is in the house and changing lives today, would you make some noise? Come on, church, make some noise. We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.